Welcome ghosts and ghouls to another episode of Danica Raven's Bite Size Horror. This week I'll be reading Case 1, The Dark Hour, which is a story excerpt from the book Paranormal Origins, The Forgotten Case Files by Liam K. Downey. Chapter 1. The white light of the computer screen illuminates 19-year-old Hope Connors as she sits cross-legged with her auburn hair in a messy bun. She works tirelessly on an essay for her HND graded unit. But with mental fatigue setting in, she pries herself away from the glowing screen. Blinking a few times to allow her pale blue eyes to adjust to the room around her, it is in many ways the total opposite of herself. Messy and bland, with a few splashes of excitement scattered aimlessly around. There hangs a poster here, a figurine stands over there, and a few small prints of artwork hanging around her bed. The walls are callous and off-white, and her clothes are strewn about carelessly. Ironic, she thought, for an art student's room to be so... blasé. However, there's one piece that stands out amongst the sea of drabness. Something that never fails to catch her attention whenever her focus drifts away from her college work. A picture in a small frame in her nightstand of when she was much younger. In this photo, she stood smiling astride a man named Henry. But of course, to hope, he was just dad. The photo is a permanent reminder of a beautiful day she and her family had many years before his cancer was diagnosed. He died only two months prior abruptly and without any real catharsis. Hope was away at school the day he died. The last time they spoke was through a text exchange wherein she sent him a picture she thought he might think funny. He simply replied, Ha ha. Still coming over tomorrow. But that very night, he died due to unforeseen complications. Surrounded only by the panicked screams of Hope's mother, the anxious voices of hospital staff and the shrill alarm tone of machines. The guilt of her absence burns her soul every time she sees his picture. Even still, she cannot help but lock her eyes on his every time it enters her periphery. She felt tears welling up in her eyes before she heard a loud crash coming from outside her door and down the stairs. Hope sat up, startled, and several seconds of tense silence passed. Then, the furious howl of her mother's voice broke like thunder. Josh Connors, what the hell did you do? She shrieked and was met with the wailing cry of her younger brother. I'm sorry, Mum. It was an accident. Josh stammered out between gasps of air and yowls of crying and fear. Hope shot out of her bed and rushed through her doorway and down the stairs towards the commotion. With the cacophonous beating of an enraged yelling, scared crying and the nervous barking of their dog growing louder with every step, her heart raced as she got closer and began to be able to distinguish the slew of expletives coming from her mother. She made her way into the kitchen where the uproar was and saw the stage set, with both actors standing over broken glass and spilled apple juice. The entire top surface was flooded, Hope looked up and made eye contact with her mother, who had momentarily ceased her onslaught to meet Hope's gaze. Melissa Connors is a tall, gaunt-framed woman, 41 years in age. Though truth be told, 
She looked much older now, in large part due to the traumas of her husband's diagnosis and recent death. Her hair was long and thin, and she never took care of it, so it was constantly tangled and unkempt. Her eyes locked into hopes, and she could see the venom both she and her brother had become all too well acquainted with in the last two months. She was once a compassionate woman and a wonderful mother. She was always there in all of Hope's fond memories of her old life, standing next to her father, smiling and laughing. However, now, her eyes, which once brimmed with life and love, now sank hollow into deep bags and emanated a sense of repulsion. Melissa lashed out in response, shoving Josh aside and straight onto the floor. Clean this mess up this instant and you, she said, making her way over to Hope. Shouldn't you be studying or some shit? Are you out of your mind? It was an accident. Don't hit him, Hope exclaimed, trying to push past to her brother's aid. But she was met with the vice grip of her mother's hand around her arm and shoved back into position right in front of her adversary. Hope looked squarely into her unyielding gaze and examined her face. Her facial muscles were twitching with anticipation and Hope could smell alcohol from her breath. Melissa had struggled for years with anorexia, but things had become much worse after she lost her husband. Melissa had confided in Hope about it once, long ago. She said she was ashamed but didn't know how to stop herself. She told Hope that if it weren't for her, Henry and baby Joshua, she wasn't sure if she could bring herself to want to save herself. Unfortunately, when Henry lost his war, Melissa felt she was destined to lose hers as well. Melissa cut the tension. Oh, just an accident. Well, pardon the hell out of me. Her voice now quivered in anger. Mum, stop, please. This isn't like you, Hope pleaded, while desperately trying to break free of her mother's grip. Not like me now, is it? What would you know? The only person who ever knew me is dead. Worst of all, the bastard left me with a child too stupid to pour a glass of juice and a know-it-all who's too good for anyone but herself and her damn useless art degree. Fuck's sake, Mum. The loss of dad's been hard on all of us, but we're supposed to be together through this. Don't you dare take that tone with me, you little shit. You think you know so much, but you don't know anything. You've never had to sacrifice anything for anyone. You weren't even there the night he died. You think I don't regret that every day? Every time I see his picture? I would have been there if I'd known. Well, that doesn't matter now, does it? As far as I'm concerned, your father might have just let himself die so that he didn't have to deal with you two brats. Without warning, Melissa finally snapped. Months of pent-up aggression and resentment had reached their zenith. In one swift motion, Melissa reeled her arm back and swung forward, striking Hope across the face with such force that it nearly knocked her off balance. Burning embarrassment and shock ran through Hope as tears began welling up in her eyes. Tears of frustration and anger. She kept her attention focused on the ground. She could not bear to look at her mother. 
considering this was the first and only time Melissa had ever physically punished her or Josh. From the other room, the continuous barking of the family's German shepherd, Tara, exploded into a frenzy as she sprinted into the kitchen and made her stance between Melissa and Hope. Melissa knew now, with certainty, everyone in the house was against her. With her anger still seething, she reeled back once again and kicked Tara hard enough that the dog's shrill yelp might have been heard all the way back into town. Tara was not an aggressive dog, and even after being assaulted, she did not retaliate. Instead, she merely got back up and moved back over to Hope's side. Hope had recovered from her daze, and she made her way over to Josh. He stood motionless throughout the whole ordeal, obviously traumatised by everything he'd just experienced. In one evening, his whole world had been shattered. Come on, Josh. Mum isn't feeling well right now, so we're going outside until she cools off, okay? Hope said, kneeling to look him in the face. His skin was pale, and his once vibrant eyes were now devoid of life. Slowly, he turned his head to Hope and wordlessly nodded. Melissa, at this point, merely huffed sat herself down in the chair at the opposite end of the dining room and held her head in her hands. Hope told Josh to go to his room, change into his hiking clothes and meet her at the front door. Hope herself changed into black jeans, well-worn boots, a pair of warm fingerless gloves and the light brown coat her father had bought her. She looked into her mirror and instantly saw that she also wore her mother's pale red handprint on her cheek. She put her hand up to it and recoiled when she felt its burning and soreness. As she stepped outside her room, she found Josh waiting for her, wearing his favourite navy blue jacket, a hat and a pair of his own gloves. Hope could feel his confused stare on her bruise. She put on a smile and rustled her fingers through his messy brown hair and motioned for him to follow her downstairs. Tara was waiting patiently at the front of the staircase and shot up with her tail wagging when she saw them. Hope used the silly voice to ask if perhaps Tara would like to accompany them, and her eyes lit up as she ran to the door to impatiently wait for them. Usually, Tara's excitement is contagious and puts a smile onto Josh's face, so Hope looked back at him expectantly, but saw that his eyes solemnly were fixed to the ground in front of him as he walked towards the door. Hope handed Josh the leash that she attached to Tara and led them out the front door. She took one final look into the kitchen as the pair passed her and saw her mother sitting there with a bottle of liquor in front of her, mumbling incoherently. Hope made a deep sigh and followed Josh and Tara, locking the door behind her. Her thoughts raced about what was to come next. What happened when they came back? Should they even come back at all? Chapter 2. The Fairy Trail The new life that the Connors thought that their new home would offer them was not the one any of them had dreamed it would be. The former mining village of Rivenside was quaint, scenic, and mostly devoid of the distractions that city living came with. The idea of moving here after Henry's death was that the family would be closer together. Hope could do most of her college work online, Josh would start at his new school in the fall, and Melissa would be able to stop seeing signs of Henry and the life they used to lead. That was the idea, but the truth simply was that there was no distance too great for grief to follow nor any panorama too beautiful to hold together a failing family. That said, Rivenside was gorgeous, for a former mining town. 
Rumours floated around the town square. The people didn't come to Rivenside anymore after some great plague had swept across the inhabitants and killed more than half the town over the course of only a few weeks. But of course, they were only rumours. There was no concrete evidence anywhere of any mysterious plague. Though curiously, the once thriving village was in truth seemingly vacated overnight and most of its history vanished alongside the villagers. However, that was all that Hope cared to have read about this place when they first arrived. She paid little mind to the villagers, or its history, for she was certain that once she was finished with her degree, she would take a nice job in the city and move back to where life was more vibrant. Though even for all of its dullness, Hope was admittedly infatuated with the natural beauty of its landscape. Thus, she spent many evenings wandering the surrounding woodland around her home. On her many ventures, she found something as strange as it was enchanting. A fairy trail, she was certain, would put Josh at ease. With Tara at the lead, they'd reached their destination. On a rickety overgrown portcullis, a dingy sign read, Rivenside Fairy Trail. Hope looked down at Josh and saw him peeking through the passageway at the winding dirt trails and tall brush all littered with old toys. Hope begins to walk forward with Josh's hand in hers before she feels a gentle tug and feels his fingers tighten softly around her palm. She turns around and notices him standing perfectly still, looking up at her until he can finally open his mouth. Hope, is it my fault that Mum's angry all the time? Am I the reason Dad died? He asked, with a lump in his throat and his eyes began to water. Oh, Josh, no, Hope responded without delay as she knelt to meet his gaze. She felt the radiating heat from her facial bruise flaring up as tears of her own began to bead up in the corners of her eyes. It's not your fault, okay? Don't ever blame yourself for something like that. Mum isn't feeling very well, and it sometimes makes her say and do things that she doesn't mean. Josh nodded subtly in agreement. So things will be okay when we go home? I promise. Now come on, let's go exploring. For the first time that evening, the two shared a warm embrace and felt a genuine sense of comfort as a pair of warm smiles crept up over their faces. After a few moments, Hope raised herself up and playfully squeezed Josh's hand and motioned for them to begin their adventure. They ran excitedly through the gate and down one of the dirt trails with Tara following closely behind. They played with toys, made jokes and spoke in funny voices until they were red in the face from laughter. They made their way deep into the woods until the childlike wonder of the fairy trail began to become scarce. All of a sudden, there was a snap of a branch somewhere to the side of them, off the main trail. Tara began to growl ferociously, with her fur raised all the way up. Hope pulled Josh in close while looking out into the darkness, occasionally glancing down to Tara, seeing her bare her fangs at an invisible stalker. Hope calls to Tara in an attempt to calm her down and begins to walk with Josh down a splintering path away from where Tara was barking. Tara eventually calms her barking and follows them but would turn her head every now and again to growl or let out a low bark. The path they were now following was pitch black. Though Hope did her best to keep Josh calm, she too was becoming increasingly nervous about whatever it was that startled Tara. 
She found herself constantly looking over her shoulder, expecting to see someone following them through the trees. But there was nothing except vegetation dimly illuminated in the moonlight. Eventually, the dense overhang of trees gave way to a perfectly circular clearing whose only focal point was a massive broken-down tree painted in the pale moonlight. The tree must have collapsed some time ago, Hope speculated, since the branches had no leaves and its bark was petrified. Curiously, Hope noticed that at its base was a hollow spot that looked unnatural, as if someone had hollowed it out by hand. As she approached, she noticed that it was large enough for her and Josh to both comfortably stand inside. She motioned for Josh to follow her inside and he reluctantly followed. Chapter 3 The Shrine Upon entering the tree, Hope and Josh examined the interior of the hollow and saw that it had been carefully and masterfully maintained. Its walls were perfectly smooth and to look around, Hope felt like she was standing in a temple rather than a hollow tree. She inspected the walls carefully and saw that dozens of symbols had been carved into it from ceiling to floor. Try as she might though, she could not make heads or tails of what they were supposed to be. They looked vaguely like foreign language, but nothing Hope had ever seen before. There was a sort of order to them that she felt made them cohesive, but the longer she tried to decipher them, the more otherworldly they became to her. She snapped back to reality when she heard Josh make an audible gasp. What's up? Find something? Hope asked as she walked closer to Josh. I thought this was another toy, but it's kind of creepy looking, Josh said, as he turned around and extended his open hand to Hope. He held a small figurine. Hope gingerly picked it up and looked intensely at it. It was expertly carved into wood, presumably the same as the tree, and it was vaguely human-like. It had two arms and two legs, but they were inhumanly long, reaching down and curling over its squared base. It had four long appendages that reached up from out of its shoulders and curled up over its head. Its top half and lower half were connected only by a thin line of wood that resembled a spinal column. Its head was featureless but smooth, except for two small indentations that had been painted black where the eyes would be. Hope noticed that the paint was relatively fresh, as it was still running down the icon's face as she moved it around. Hope, look, there's something else here that was under it, Josh exclaimed as he held up a thin piece of cloth for Hope to look at. It says something, but I don't know what some of the words mean. Can you read it for me? He continued with a tinge of nervousness in his voice. Of course, may I see it? Hope asked, extending her hand. Josh complied and handed it over for her to read. The salt of tears beckons the dark hour. First comes the ringing of invisible bells. Closed eyes will glimpse the world unseen. A storm of wind and rain will find you. Then the beast will call for you. Open your eyes and make your escape. Make haste, lest the hunter catch its prey. Should the rabbit escape the wolf, it will find all it has lost. Hope looked curiously at the document for a while, then back to Josh. What does that last line mean? Josh asked anxiously. I think it means that if you do what it says, you can get something back that you've lost, Hope said with a hint of scepticism and confusion. Do you think we could get Dad back? There was a moment of silence before Hope gave a response. Josh, I wish life worked like that. I know it's unfair, 
but we must accept that dad isn't coming back. He wouldn't want us stuck in the past. He'd want us to look forward to the future and live a happy life in his memory. Do you understand? But the paper said we could if we just... Josh, no. I don't want you thinking there's some magic spell that's going to bring him back. You're not even listening, Josh. I said that's enough now, come on. Hope put the figure in his hands and turned to briskly walk away. She hated shutting him down so decisively, but she felt that letting him go on thinking that their lives would ever go back to the way they were, magic or no magic, would do more harm than good. She stepped out of the wood hollow and made only a few steps before realising Josh had not followed her out. Tara, who'd been waiting patiently outside, stood up and tilted her head, also noticing that Hope was alone. Hope then whipped her head back round and saw that Josh had turned around to face back into the centre of the tree. Josh, Hope called out, but was met with no response. She stepped through the entrance of the shrine and called out to him again. This time, he turned round towards the sound of her voice but continued to stand motionless. She opened her mouth to call once again. Then she heard something strange, like a bell from far away. Its tone was quiet but high-pitched and sustained a constant hum. Hope whipped her head around but saw nothing through the trees except for Tara, who now stood with her fur raised up. She began growling once again. Hope turned her head back to Josh and raised her phone's light towards him. She illuminated him and saw that his eyes were closed and he was holding the figurine tightly in his hands. He had tears streaming quickly down his face. As they cascaded down his chin, they fell squarely onto the effigy. Josh, put that thing down and come over here. Hope screamed, now equal parts unnerved and frustrated. No! He yelled at the top of his lungs, pinching his eyes closed even tighter. Josh, I swear to God, I'm not asking you again. I just want things to go back to normal. Just as the words left his mouth, a booming crack of thunder echoed out from behind them. It was quickly followed by a sudden inexplicable downpour. The fallen tree offered little shelter as Hope and Josh were quickly soaked in the torrent. Hope heard Tara start barking madly, but as she turned to look at her, she only saw her sprinting away into the woods. Hope decided she'd had enough, and she lunged towards Josh and grabbed the wooden idol from his hands. As her fingers wrapped around it, she heard a new sound, which shook her to the core. She heard an otherworldly screeching sound surrounded by disembodied, pained whisperings. Their voices were indistinguishable from one another in an unhallowed cacophony, but she could manage to make out at least one of the voices. The voice was that of her mother, and as she focused on it, her vision blurred until she saw a vignette of the scene that had transpired that very evening. She heard her biting words once again, watching the spectacle unfold from the outside, like watching a film. She saw her mother lean back and swing at her, and her face began to burn a searing pain. The vision faded away as quickly as it had appeared. Then, from the moaning wail of voices, she heard another, which she had not heard in some time. It was the voice of her father. Then, just as before with her mother, she saw her father. He was sickly, with tubes and wires coming out of him in every direction. She realised quickly she was in the hospital room with him. His haggard face had a look of anguish as he weakly struggled in his bed. Then the high-pitched whine of his heart monitor pierced her ears. She saw her mother standing over him, with panic in her eyes, as nurses and doctors poured into the room, but she knew it was too late. 
The scene quickly snapped to his funeral and she saw herself sitting between her mother and Josh. She saw the nervous confusion on Josh's face. Then she looked over to herself and saw how red her eyes were from crying. She then looked over to her mother and though she wouldn't have noticed it at the time, she saw that her mother's eyes were not facing forward, rather they were aimed pointedly sideways, burning with a vague sense of anger. She realised it was at that very moment that her mother started to foster her resentment towards her and her brother. The scene faded out once again, and all at once the clamour of voices and the unyielding screeching suddenly came to a halt. Her vision turned to a brilliant pulsing red which began to swirl around her, like blood flowing down a drain. The colour began to fade until she was left with utter blackness. Then she noticed a metallic taste in her lips and a pungent odour in the air. Her eyes opened slowly and as her senses all came back, she was met with a feeling of overwhelming dread and a sense of dire urgency. Some time later, Hope finds herself face down on the floor of the tree's cavern. Her head is pounding and her bones ache, but she lifts herself up and examines her surroundings. She notices instantly that she is alone. Both Josh and Tara are nowhere to be seen, and all she can hear is the gentle patter of rain on the tree's exterior and the whisper of wind as it breaks against its surface. Steadying herself against the wall, she sluggishly makes her way out and into the clearing. The world that meets her is painted with a dull, rusty hue as she looks into the sky and sees a blood-red sky with a black moon at its zenith. As the rain continues to fall on her face, she realises that what is falling isn't water, but blood. Her mind races, trying to make sense of what is happening. She pulls up her phone, hoping to see an online news article about some strange meteorological occurrence that might explain her current situation, but finds that she has no signal. She attempts to call her house to see if perhaps Josh and Tara have returned home, but she is met only with a strange static tone that she's never heard before. She hangs up quickly and turns her light on. With a sigh of exasperation, she anxiously makes her way back the way she came through the woods. Much of the world around her is as she remembers, but as she scans her surroundings, she sees the same strange symbols that line the walls of the tree hollow, carved into stones and crudely fashioned out of sticks dangling from branches. As she continues down the trail, suddenly she hears a sticky, damp sound as she steps firmly onto some kind of puddle. Hope stops in her track and shines her light downwards at her foot. She lifts her shoe up with some resistance and sees a trail of viscous red ichor from her foot to the ground. Despite the fact that the world was literally raining blood, none of it had congealed so solidly into a singular large puddle on the flat ground. She shines her light forward and saw that it's left a noticeable trail as if something had been dragged through it. She cautiously followed the trail until a foreign object entered her light. She wasn't sure what it was, but it was fleshy and covered in blood. With her hands now violently trembling, she continued following the blood further up the dirt path until it stopped at the base of a tall tree. She saw another smaller puddle of blood forming at its base and then saw a large droplet of blood falling onto it. Then another one. She quickly shined her phone up into its branches and saw its origin. 
Hope let out a shrill gasp, followed by a whimpering utterance of guttural sound as she examined the mangled corpse of her dog, Tara. She'd been impaled on a sharp branch, with her chest cut open from her throat down to her stomach. Her innards were strewn about carelessly around the adjoining branches. But it looked as though whatever did this took her heart with it, as that was the only organ missing from the grisly scene. Hope fell to her knees and covered her mouth with her hand, feeling the rush of bile as she struggled not to be sick. She tried to be silent, fearing that whatever did this may still be lurking nearby, but she could not silence herself completely as she broke down and began crying profusely. Not long after, she heard a familiar sound. Hope, are you there? Help me, I'm scared. The voice of Josh rang out from far away, farther into the denseness of the woods. She lifted her face up with elation, but her hopes were quickly dashed as Josh's voice was answered by another familiar sound. A blood-curling screech, loosed from behind the tree line behind her. She recognised the inhuman shriek from when she'd touched the idol. It was like nothing she'd ever heard before, from animal, man, nor machine. Her blood froze in her veins, but she knew she had to hide, lest she suffer the same fate as Tara. She made a mad dash into some nearby low-lying brush and lay down with her flashlight off and her hands over her mouth to silence her panicked breathing. The creature emerged from the shadows without a sound. It stood hunched forward, but still at a towering ten feet high. It looked humanoid, but its arms and legs were easily twice as long as a normal human's, with jagged nails reaching several inches away from each fingertip's apex. Its chest was nearly just exposed ribs and spinal column, but upon inspection was covered with thin, leathery skin pulled tightly across. An eerie black glow emanated from its back where several ghostly tendrils gently swayed back and forth, unfazed by gravity. Its head was nearly featureless except for a pair of empty eye sockets, where thick, black ooze continually poured out, cascading down its face and body. Its mouth had no lips, exposing its blood-stained, crooked teeth. The sight of the creature sent Hope's senses into retreat as she tried to comprehend what she was witnessing. She recalled the form of the idol in the tree and realised it was an effigy of the monstrosity before her. Its filthy maw opened up, suddenly as it unleashed another horrifying screech, splitting her eardrums, causing her to close her eyes and begin holding her breath. She kept her eyes closed as she heard it begin to make movements near the tree where Tara was. She heard it clambering up the trunk with little effort. Then she heard the nauseating sound as it began to consume the remains. Every gnash of its teeth and every ripping sound of flesh from bone made Hope sick to her stomach. She feverishly resisted the urge to vomit, fearing that it would turn its attention to her. Just as she began to wonder what would happen next, Josh cried out yet again, this time slightly closer. Hope, please help me, he cried out. Hope could tell he was crying by the wavering of his voice and the desperation of his tone. She so desperately wanted to call out, to warn him, to run, to hide. She wanted to jump out and run to his aid so that she might protect him, but fear kept her still. In her head, she berated herself for not having the bravery to go out and save her brother. But she knew deep down, if she made a break for him now, it would mean certain death for them both. She had to wait until the creature was gone so she could make her move. 
As Josh continued to frantically cry out, the creature's attention shifted away from its meal. It let out another chilling screech and leapt away from the tree branch, into the darkness towards his direction. Now truly feeling the urgency, Hope cast away her hesitation and sprinted after the creature towards Josh. She knew his life was in her hands, and as far as she was concerned, there was no force above or below that would keep her from protecting him. Chapter 4 The Hunter and the Prey Hope rushed feverishly through the woods, looking for any sign of her brother. Along the way, she'd see snapped branches and claw marks on stone and bark. She'd never been more afraid of anything in her life, not more than her father dying, nor returning home to her abusive life with her mother. Even still, she did not slow her advance. She wasn't afraid of being maimed and eviscerated. She was afraid of losing the only person she had left in this world, the only one she genuinely cared about, Josh. Eventually, she came across a strange structure that she'd never seen in her many trips through these woods. She wiped the bloody rain from her eyes and inspected the building. She knew Josh would be clever enough to hide if he knew the creature was pursuing him. So she hurried up to the entrance and looked in. She heard a quiet sobbing and cautiously approached its origin. She found Josh huddled under a small wooden table with his head tucked into his knees, rocking back and forth on his feet. She reached over and touched him on the shoulder and as his head shot up in fright, she muffled his surprised yelp with her other hand. His eyes darted all over her, and after he was certain it really was her, he threw his arms around her waist in a tight hug. After a moment's reprieve, she peeled him away, holding a finger to her lips to signify that they needed to be quiet. No sooner than that, they heard the creature unleash its screech from outside the building, followed by a massive thud on the roof of the structure. They heard huffing and moaning as it crawled all around. They hid tightly in the shadows, careful to not make any noise. After a while, the creature was convinced its prey was not to be found and let out a low, pained growl as it made one last powerful leap away into the trees. Josh released Hope, then quickly rifled through his pockets, revealing a small piece of parchment. He handed it over to Hope and began to speak. It's just like the one we saw before. I tried reading it, but I don't get it. Okay, let me read it. Maybe it tells us how we can get out of here. Hope began reading each line, carefully, hoping it would be clearer cut than the one before it. To her relief, it was more a set of instructions rather than an esoteric poem. It says, Dear, oh dear, you've found your way here. You want to go home before being ripped flesh from bone. Go back to the tree to escape the powers that be. Shed salty tears to make the nightmare disappear. So all we have to do is go back to that tree shrine and cry some tears onto this paper, then close our eyes, right? Josh nodded his head quickly, now revitalised with hope and vigour. Okay then, Josh. Stay very close to me and do exactly as I tell you and we'll go home together, got it? He answered her by giving her another solid hug, which she reciprocated wholeheartedly. It did not take them long to get back to the dirt trail leading down to the tree. They exercised the utmost caution and stayed hidden in the shadows, but saw no sign of the creature. Even stranger still, they did not hear its call. But as they approached the moonlit clearing, now caked in blood, it became abundantly clear as to why. The creature was waiting for them. It sat, perched atop the tree, 
scouring the tree line in search of its prey. Josh was visibly terrified, but Hope kept her gaze fixed to the creature, carefully watching its every movement, its ethereal tendrils wrapped and unwrapped from around each other. The black drip from its eyes fell to the ground, and it methodically raked its claws against the wood. Hope looked closely and saw that the creature itself was carving the symbols they'd seen in the trees and throughout the surrounding area. Hope began to wonder that if the creature was intelligent, did it have some part in writing the rituals that brought them here? And if it did, were they falling directly into its trap? There was no time to hypothesise, as the creature began looking around more fervently. Hope was sure that meant it knew they were close and was simply trying to figure out where they were. It was no longer a matter of if it would catch them. It was now a matter of when. Hope pulled Josh in close and began to speak to him. Josh, I have a plan, but I know that you won't like it, she began, watching his eyes widen with anxiety. We won't be able to sneak by it, with it sitting up there waiting for us. Take the paper you found and wait for me to make a distraction. I'm going to get it to chase me away, then you go in and do what it says to do. No, you said we'd stay together, don't leave me. I won't. I'll hide once I get far enough away. Then once I give it the slip, I'll come back and do the ritual too, and I'll meet you on the other side, okay? Josh looked away from her to get eyes on the creature, but once centred in his view, his face grew pale, and he could not help but look away. Hope began to stand up into a low crouch and move away from him, but she felt his hand wrap around her coat and give a gentle tug. You promise you're coming back? he said with tears beginning to well up in his eyes. A moment passes, and she replies, feeling a single tear trace down her cheek. Promise. She quickly makes her way far enough that she can no longer see Josh through the brush. She stops for a minute, entertaining a fleeting thought of simply running away, but she knows that's not an option. She turned to put the monster in her sight, then she let out a yell. She yelled as loud as she could, and began to make a dash away from the clearing. Her gambit worked, and the beast responded with its own yell, then dropped to the ground to take off after her. She ran as fast and hard as she could, but she felt the creature quickly gaining on her. She turned her head to take one final look at Josh as she saw him make his way to the tree hollow. She knew in her heart she would not survive, but knowing that Josh would, redoubled her resolve and gave her a sense of inner peace. Chapter 5 the dark hour. Hope kept running until her lungs burned and her legs felt like they might give out. She knew the creature was right on top of her, but could not bear to look back. She focused in on her hearing, but no longer heard footsteps behind her. Had it given up the chase, or did it turn around at some point to pursue Josh instead? The latter thought mortified her, so she slowed her escape with the intention of turning back around. But no sooner did she stop, that a wild rustling came through the wood and without warning, the creature erupted from the darkness and struck at her with its tendrils. The impact stripped her of her breath and sent her careening through the air a significant distance away. The pain was more intense than anything she'd ever experienced, leaving a throbbing, burning pain all throughout her body. It reminded her of her mother. In an act of desperation, she crawled away from the creature towards a pointed branch that had been broken off. Perhaps, savouring the hunt, the creature walked slowly over to her, maybe even taking joy in her suffering and fear. Just as Hope reached for the branch, the creature quickened its pace 
and lunged for her, exposing its elongated teeth. Though fortune favoured her, she got a hand around it and had just enough time to turn round on her back and brace herself with the jagged edge towards the creature. The point pierced through its leathery hide, spraying a torrent of black liquid from its wound over her. It cries out, stops briefly, but was otherwise unfazed. It quickly wrapped its hand around the spear and tossed it aside, and with no more defences, picked up hope by the throat. She felt its long fingers tightening with supernatural strength as its nails dug into her skin, ripping it with ease. The burn was indescribably painful, but with airways totally constricted, all she could do was writhe in agony as the creature locked its inky black eyes onto hers. Finally, it lashed her body away, with limbs twisting round and bone breaking from the force of impact against dirt and stones. Her body was numb. She knew the pain was immeasurable, but she felt nothing now. Her vision faded in and out, and through the ringing she heard in her ears, she heard the creature unleash one more terrible screech as it went in for the kill. It ran at her motionless body and wrapped its monstrous hands around her head and began to smash it into a nearby tree repeatedly. She felt the pressure and she saw the blood spattering outwards. She knew it must have been painful. The creature exposed its teeth once again and she saw as they grew pointed and long. Then she watched helplessly as it jabbed its face forward into her neck, taking a massive bite out of her shoulder and at the same time it sank its razor-sharp claws into her chest and ripped her chest cavity wide open. She was clinging onto the last thread of her life, thinking about her father, her mother, Tara, Josh and her friends, as her life flashed before her. Amidst it all, she heard a sound that filled her with dread. It was hard to make out who or what it was, but she was sure it was Josh's voice, his voice echoing from the darkness. Hope! I can't do it. I can't. I don't know what to do, he exclaimed, but she could not physically respond. The creature lifted its head away from her, and as her vision faded to black, she saw it dash away, just as fast as it had descended upon her. She heard the creature let out one last wail, then there was silence. Hope Connors died, holding on to one final thought. I'm sorry, Josh. That was The Dark Hour by Liam K. Downey. If you liked that story, why not check out Paranormal Origins, The Forgotten Case Files on Amazon. And if you feel like sending in a story of your own, why not get in touch on Facebook, YouTube or Podbean. Hosted by Danica Raven. Directed and edited by James Bailey. A Silver Zephyr Media production www.silverzephyrmedia.com Facebook at Danica Raven 26 or at Silver Zephyr Media to send your own stories into the show.